Christian CEOs, when people look at you as an individual and as at your organization and how it functions, they should see something different. They should say, hmm, what is going on here? What is this culture about? Why is this company running so differently so that we can point back to the Lord? That is my friend, Holly Magliocetti. She's a seasoned healthcare executive with over 25 years of management experience. Her passion is to develop corporate cultures rooted in servant leadership and building organizations on a mission to save lives and doing life God's way every step of the way. She's a CEO of uh, Genetic Institute of America Laboratory and also is a CEO and founder of Grace Health Technology. Now, in this episode, it's a very special conversation because uh, Holly already had, I think, I believe she's a 26 or 2019 members in her company. So for many of you that you're listening to a podcast, maybe you just got started in your business or you just have a small team. And I feel like in this brand new season, uh, literally at the time of recording, we are in a season of Jewish calendar, the new year just got started. God wants to start a new type of conversation, um, gathering Christian CEOs together and to encourage and hopefully also inspire you to take actions, whatever God is asking you to do. Because while you might be frustrated uh, in a nitty-gritty, your daily business stuff. I mean, don't we all, right? But I want you to take a time to kind of zoom out and back to how God called you to do the business, to the business mountain. In this conversation, you will hear how Holly transitioned from investment banking to the genetic industry. I mean, I would say that's a very different industries. That's a very big leap, right? Not only that, she established this company right in the middle of pandemic and prospers. They grew over 283%. God is at work, obviously. Have that say, it did not mean it's easy for her because she has those moments of on the knee and crying for help because almost the cash flow did not go. So I want you to get ready and listening to the podcast. But for the more, what is God speaking to you right now? Okay, now let's chat with Holly. Welcome to the Christian CEO podcast. I'm Kelly Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Holly, welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's very much an honor and I'm looking forward to our talk. Well, you are kind of one of my heroes because, you know, it's a lot of uh, 
as far as I'm concerned, because I am not capable. <laughs> and that's not my calling, right? <laughs> in the field that you are in. And I feel like we should actually need a whole lot more uh, ladies, right? In, in your field. And so in the introduction, I already mentioned to the audience how awesome you are. But <laughs> I think it's always uh, much better. You know, we want to hear that from you, that your personal journey until now. I mean, how did you get to do this? And then and also all the accomplishments all the accomplishments that you have achieved. Uh, so please share with us a little bit about your journey. Okay, I'd be happy to. Um, I think first, just to correct you, um, any notion of hero, I would truly have to give all of that glory, every bit of it to Jesus, because without that, um, no, I mean, I am just one of, as we read all throughout the Bible, regular people, flawed people. I mean, God can, God uses each of us for his glory in his own ways. And I think the story that he's given me in terms of a testimony of my life experiences um, points to him at every turn. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, Personally, I was saved just seven years ago. So um, I still consider myself in many ways, a baby Christian. Um, but the Lord just took hold of my heart and it changed nothing about life itself and yet everything. So, um, and it's been an interesting journey over the last few years to see how that has manifested in my professional life and in my career. Um, really it has taken me on a journey of, um, my background is in banking and, um, for many years was in investment banking and worked with a number of companies as a uh, consultant on investment banking and IRPR strategy, public companies, uh, and then moved into um, private consulting and uh, started a healthcare company. We started first a technology company, Grace Health uh, Technology, because we saw a need in the laboratory space for better transparency of information that still protected patient information. So on the business development side, there needed to be more communication, especially with genetics, which is a very complicated subset of the laboratory uh, space. And so we, uh, after running Grace Technology, um, we really felt called to start our own um, high complexity molecular genetic laboratory. And so we started that in late 2019 and went operational in early 2020, just before the pandemic hit. And 2020 was truly a testament to leaning into the spirit and letting God, um, creating a business that's spirit-led. I'm an active member with Kingdom Driven Entrepreneurs, and the learning that I have received through that group and, um, you know, through books written uh, by Shay Bynes, um, Grace Over Grind was really a pivotal moment for me as a professional to incorporate the notion that prayer and listening to the Holy Spirit in terms of where you're going and what's guiding you doesn't just stay in a compartment of your personal life. I mean, the Lord wants to use us in all ways. And one of the most powerful impact stories I ever heard was a bus driver gleefully sharing 
that it was God's call for her to be driving that bus and greet every person as Jesus would and be the light in their day. And it was just so powerful because it truly, all the way from a CEO, a bus driver, a doctor, I mean, anyone, your calling should be in line with what the Lord has created you to do. Um, And I think when you walk that way, things change. Things change. Um, And people can see Jesus at work. There should be something different. You know, Christian CEOs, when people look at you as an individual and as at your organization and how it functions, they should see something different. They should say, hmm, what is going on here? What is this culture about? Why is this company running so differently so that we can point back to the Lord? Yeah, exactly. And then that it's in, it's in the KDE um, uh, group that we actually, we met each other. Mm-hmm. And we both felt like we have sort of connection, feeling the connection. And then we hop on a Zoom call. And I, and I just, that's why I invite uh, invited Holly over to the podcast. Uh, because I just love how uh, she has established a company. And also we got to talk about uh, a little bit more about the culture, uh, how mm-hmm. she established a culture. But before that, now mm-hmm. just heard what you kind of uh, share a little bit about your story moments ago. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some of, some of the audience just like hold down, just wait a moment. Did she say she was in banking? And then she start a new company, totally in different field. And it's mm-hmm. not just only different field, it's a pretty complicated uh, field. Yes. And right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I would like to ask that question. I mean, I knew, I knew the answer because we already have a teacher for <laughs> long, you know, already like have one to hour Zoom chat before this. So <laughs> but I want to share that why and how did you know did you decide to uh, start this new business in such a time as this yeah sure um i it's it's quite amazing you know when we were putting the genetic lab together and um uh, a high complexity genetic lab just for anyone who may not be familiar with it you hear quite often on news and in the media about something called the BRCA gene which is an indicator for a woman that she has a higher likelihood of developing certain cancers. And so that's just one example of the type of testing that we do. Um, If we're able to identify a a genetic variant, um, it doesn't diagnose disease. What it gives us is a snapshot of a higher likelihood um, of developing something so that the care plan can be modified. Um, and you know, that extends beyond cancer, things like you hear the term precision medicine, precision medicine is why does one medication work beautifully for one person and not at all for another. And a third person could have a catastrophic reaction to the same medication. What we're now understanding is that there can be underlying genetic variants in somebody's DNA which affects how they metabolize different medications. So by running a a pharmacogenetic panel on somebody, we can identify and give them a very comprehensive report that their 
treating physician can use that as a very important tool to identify how they will respond to different medications and which types may be more beneficial or less. So those elements of genetic testing, you know, make a very complex scientific process a little bit more understandable to people. Uh, But I think in the genetic space, there is so much room for companies that are culturally aligned um, with a higher purpose. And when we started Genetics Institute of America, that was categorically our intention, Um, even to the name Institute. We have really um, created intentionally an environment of learning because um, even physicians, if you're a cardiologist, genetics is not your specialty. And yet there are some very valuable genetic tests that can be very helpful to a cardiologist treating a patient. So we have a very comprehensive education program for physicians, for patients, um, to really help bring this into part of their standard care of practice. We also are at the cutting edge of a lot of research. And genetics research, um, you know, it's a little bit of a quagmire right now. Quite honestly, there are concerns. There's tremendous research being done globally in genetics. But at the same time, there are some folks that are taking genetics and using it um, for ill intent, I'll say. Um, And so to be tasked with the responsibility of handling genetic testing in an ethical, responsible um, way, uh, it's very important. It's very important. And so we've, we've really strived very hard here to create a culture where we, we speak often of save lives, change lives, and give back. Those are our three um, mission statements of our purpose. I love that. Save life, give life, give back, right? Save lives, change lives, give back. Sorry. And save lives, change lives, give back. Yeah, yeah, the changing of lives happens that you know, if we can identify for a patient that they have a likely higher, significantly higher likelihood of developing a certain cancer and they change their screening and they're able to detect it at a much earlier stage than they would have um, or even proactively make decisions to prevent it, um, such as a, a mastectomy for someone that has a, breast, uh, a BRCA mutation. It's not just the patient that we're looking at. We're looking at the entire family and all the lives that that person touches. We're looking at potentially a child not having to grow up without a mother unnecessarily, or a spouse not raising children alone, um, a parent not having to bury a child. Every one of us touches so many lives that how you impact one life, you never quite know how many more will be impacted by that. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge, uh, but Holly, it's Still, I think that question, what I ask is, what made you make that decision to go from where originally your financial background to this medical field? If you had asked me five years ago, I would have said there, I had absolutely no intention of opening a genetic laboratory. It was not even on my radar. Um, and circumstances just kept happening where it was one thing after another led me in that direction. And then in prayer, um, it just became very clear, you know, this is, this is what the Holy spirit has called me to do. Um, and on a day-to-day basis, 
there are days it's very clear, you know, what he needs me to do today. Um, and there are other days, you know, I've heard it referred to as the Holy Spirit sometimes works like a GPS. He, he knows very well where he intends to take me and the company. Um, and he gives us just an inform- enough guidance to take that next turn. Um, and, and then it's walking in faith. You know, the Lord says, okay, you know, there's times that as a business owner, you know, there's ups, there's downs, there's struggles. But it's embracing when you have something happen that you would quickly categorize as a problem, an issue, something that has gone wrong. When you lean into the Lord and you can see clearly, okay, this is part of the plan. I don't understand it, but I'm going to embrace it as something that, because I know the Lord has, you know, um, the, the Lord has plans for us that we can't even begin to comprehend how beautiful they're going to be. So knowing that I have a father who is going to make everything, you know, he's going to clear paths where they need to be cleared and open doors that need to be opened and closed doors that need to be closed. Um, And I would say that over the last year and a half, every time we've had our hardest hurdles, they have turned into tremendous blessings every time. Mm. So now company-wide, Grace Over Grind is written on the board. And when something difficult happens, it's wonderful. All through the office, I will hear other people say, it's grace over grind means there's something better coming. That is fantastic. Now, actually, you can't answer my following question is, you know, have you ever um, experienced, you know, some, you know, in the business, obviously we have ups and downs and especially you step into the brand new field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was, I was uh, about to ask, say, you know, um, can you give you, give us maybe one example of when something, some challenging happened mm-hmm. and, and how did you deal with it? I mean, how, um, you, you mentioned your, I stay by faith and, mm-hmm. uh, led by the Holy Spirit, but can you tell us maybe like one, you know, real life example, uh, mm-hmm. the scenario and that'd be awesome. Sure. Um, I would say a, a very clear real scenario would be when we first opened the billing company that we used, because as a medical company, we bill insurance. The billing company we were using had misled us in their experience level with molecular billing. And so we were doing quite well in terms of the amount of business that we were doing. But if your billing company can't get your claims paid, then you run into a tremendous cash flow. Um, hurdle. And it got really to the, um, you know, to a make or break point because of the cash flow. Um, We had this huge bucket of AR, but if the money's not coming in, you still have to pay payroll and you still have to keep the lights on. Um, It really, it took me to my knees because I knew God was saying, okay, this is where I want you to be in terms of this business. And, And there is a plan and a purpose and a platform for what is going to be happening here. And yet something was wrong. Um, And then there was this clarity that this billing company will not be able to sustain the growth that I have intended for you. So I had to put this hard stop on it for you to see that there was a tremendous problem here. You couldn't just float comfortably. You need to make a change here. 
And that was an, it was a difficult, really difficult um, time to go through, but it led us to find a new, better um, billing partner that was experienced in the type of work that we were doing um, and create a stronger foundation for future growth. So as hard as it was, it needed to happen to take us to that next level. So I think that would be um, a pretty strong example of that. That is so good. So it's kind of often that when things happen, uh, you know, when we are sure that, you know, we are in the business that God has caused to do, but when a challenging happened that uh, as CEO, we had to remember to take a step back to say, mm-hmm. okay, zoom out, right? Uh, yeah. What is really going on here? And just like this example, Holly's example is actually turned out to be a blessing because otherwise probably if she still, you know, flow with this, that company and then down the road, probably it's much bigger issue mm-hmm. that she had to deal with. It would have uh, been, it would have been, it was very, very difficult. But if we, if that had happened to us a year later, um, it would have been catastrophic just because as you grow, mm-hmm. your monthly burn rate grows in proportion. And so it takes a lot more to keep things floating um, as your burn rate goes up. Yeah, exactly. And moments ago, you also mentioned that, you know, now the Grace Over Grind banner is there, you know, so when the things happen, it's kind of a great reminder. By the way, Sharebinds, you if you listen to this, I got to charge you sponsor fee. Sis, <laughs> just you hear this, okay? Uh, Sharebind is a good friend. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, so uh, okay, you hear that, Shay? Okay, good. Um, the thing is, I want to ask though, I think probably now a lot of uh, listeners uh, or they, tell, they watch us on YouTube uh, have this question in mind now, say, so do you only hire Christians? I mean, or how did you, you know, retain, establish and retain a culture that you want? Mm-hmm, sure. Um, we absolutely do not only hire Christians. Um, you know, that that was never <laughs> nowhere in the Bible. If anybody is functioning under that premise, there are some chapters they might need to reread. Um, you know, we're called to to love and and serve everyone. So the um, most of our staff has actually come to us through. It's very it's very quite amazing. Almost everyone in my staff has come through someone else that knew the company or me um, or someone else that works here. Um, you know, we've got some that we've run ads for, and um, it's actually been a tremendous um, hiring advantage for us that we're very public with our um, with our corporate culture in terms of giving back. And so I've had quite a number of interviews where almost always the first question I will ask is, what prompted you to apply for this position? And very frequently, the answer I get back is your corporate culture. The idea of working at a company that's committed to giving back really really speaks to my heart is what people will say. Um, And so that's wonderful. I mean, that tells me a lot right at the very beginning of a conversation about what motivates them Um, because it's, it's not about money. It's not about driving a a bigger car or 
getting a bigger house. It's really about how much can we give back. Um, and that's where a deeper level of um, camaraderie happens within an organization when you have a unified purpose. And here everyone knows the unified purpose is not everybody. Uh, it's not a team full of people that are all trying to, you know, make as much money as they possibly can. I've literally had people come join us and say, I will make less, but the opportunity to give back and do more means more. Um, and the byproduct of that has been a company that's, we year to date, we have grown 283% over last year. And last year was year one in a pandemic year. So 283% growth um, as, of, as of Q3, um, something is working. Something's working right. Exactly. I will say so. <laughs> and, <laughs> we and do so, have to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, faith plays a big part of it, but at the same time as a CEO, you have to be mindful of your responsibilities to, you know, run a fiscally responsible company um, to maintain proper HR compliance with, you know, how the organization is run. And I think that kind of comes back to your original question of how our culture um, fits with our hiring. Um, so not, not only Christians, we, we would welcome anyone that um, has the right skill set um, to fit in here as we're growing. We welcome it. You know, it's, it's a tremendous opportunity for them, for people that perhaps are not of Christian faith um, or have walked away to see um, true Christian hearts that are rooted in love, in action, even in a business environment. Yeah, indeed. Um, now, I just want to take a moment to not, not re-clarify, just make a note, say, mm-hmm. it's okay for, God's okay for us to, you know, buy better car, better house, okay? That's not... Don't misunderstand what Holly just say. Yes, but absolutely. right, uh, you know, I mean, consider he own everything, everything. <laughs> so, so as long that we really understand and remember, right? In the Bible, say I think Deuteronomy, I right, say that remember who gave us the power to create wealth, and mm-hmm. what is the purpose to create wealth is to be yeah. a blessing, right? And right. that's why it's to be a blessing. Power thing is to give away, give away wherever that God had called you to do. And that's why normally when I work with clients, uh, when we sit down, when it comes to goal setting that uh, section, uh, I don't ask them to set what is your revenue goal. Uh, first thing is that that's a set up your giving goal. Mm-hmm. And, and then we walk backwards. Right. Absolutely. And I, I also feel like uh, for Christians, it's also easier. You ask them how much money we all make. Sometimes they feel, eh, they feel a little bit uh, shy to talk about it, which mm-hmm. that, by the way, guys, you shouldn't be shy about it. I mean, you, you are in business mountain, you know, that's your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your job. Yeah. Um, but somehow, and that's why I just kind of uh, use the other, other angle to Colleen say, how about that's a set up a giving goal first? I mean, how much money you want to give away in next 12 mm-hmm. months? And yep. then they would not hesitate. They would like yep. go in, say, oh, I want to give how much? Uh, give to what causes because of why? I said, great. Then that means 
what percentage that to your revenue? Oh, mm-hmm. now they have to think, think of uh, revenue then. So that's a total sign now. But Holly, I want to ask you though, um, because some, I know uh, quite a bit of my listeners, obviously they are CEOs, uh, they have a small team. Uh, by the way, how many people at the moment uh, is in your team? We have about 26 people right now. Yeah, 26 people. And mm-hmm. what would you say maybe two to three top challenges that you have been facing when you come to, let's say, uh, either hiring or training mm-hmm. uh, for the team? What would you say what, what that would be? I think... Right now, you know, we are a little bit unique, but our biggest hiring um, challenge right now is finding trained people, um, technical people to work clinically in the laboratory because the type of laboratory we are falling under the category of molecular is the same category for PCR COVID testing. And so a lot of the clinical folks that we need have been scooped up to be doing COVID testing. And so it's created a tremendous shortage of people with the right skill set. So that's really been our biggest challenge, which is you know, unique to us. But COVID has affected business owners in all sorts of ways that they never could have imagined. I mean, I can't imagine that there's a CEO anywhere that hasn't had to navigate this and pivot in different ways. Wow. That that is a very unique situation there. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. over I know overall that just you say uh, a lot of uh, cross the board uh, industries, uh, they all say that yeah, it seems that there's a challenge to uh, let's say now start to maybe open up a little bit. Okay, in Europe this side, for example, um, before shut down right during mm-hmm. the uh the the pig situation there and then now we gradually open up so now a lot of restaurants actually they couldn't find enough you know uh qualified um uh you know uh staff mm-hmm. uh because now everybody want them right yeah. so yeah. um so wow so your thing actually is the same category of the like a PCR test, that that that's that that's some unique situation there. Yeah, well, we actually have all the equipment here to be running COVID tests. We just made a business decision that that was not our our core mission, um, so we're not running them here in house. Mm, okay, what would you say? Maybe share with us two key lessons that you have learned. Uh, but I am talking about. Walk by faith, led by Holy Spirit in this is in this business journey. Two key lessons. I would say if I had to, if I had to narrow it down to two, I think the first would be obedience. Um, I, I think obedience is just it's something that can be really a challenge, especially for folks that are wired to be in leadership roles. Um, you know, it's so easy to slide into our own capabilities. Um, and that can happen when things are really good and when they're really bad that we, you know, when they're really bad, we take that yoke on ourselves and feel that it's our responsibility as, as leaders of an organization to fix things and make it right. Um, and that's when we need to really lean in more to make sure we're making the right choices. 
Um, and I think the flip side of that is when things are really good, it gets easy to kind of wander away a little bit and get caught up in um, the easiness of the coasting when things are running smoothly in the company. Um, so I think obedience um, all around is a big one. Um, I think the other one is probably, it would be a toss up between intentional learning, which you and I have discussed about, um, intentional learning and culture. So culture, we've, we've kind of covered a little bit, but I think intentional learning is another um, thing that I think is very important at the leadership level, because there is a ripple effect. Um, it's contagious. You know, the activities of each leader as you go down in an organization's hierarchy, um, it's more than just one person um, at the top. It's a team. Um, it's a collaborative environment. And learning plays a big part of that. If I'm not learning, then I'm sending a message that I don't value learning and growth. And I actually champion um, every member of my team, you know, learning, growing, taking courses. Um, it's, it's music to my ears when someone comes and says they want to take a course or a class or, you know, grow, develop. Um, I would, as a perfect example of that, is a, a young woman named Sapphire who works for us who she actually joined us just before she was graduating from college and she was introduced to us through a friend through a Bible study group who said, know this just brilliant young woman. She joined us and um, not only has she been a tremendous employee, but finished and then immediately started her MBA program, um, worked full time, finished her MBA. Um, and now she, we've made her our director of business development. So I think pouring into education of your employees is really an important part. And as a leader to continue your education, I'm, I'm a part-time Bible college student in addition to being a CEO. So um, again, spirit led, you know, uh, but I think it's really important for Christians that are in any type of leadership role or have a platform to make sure that they're functioning from sound theology because it's very easy to fall into trendy Christian teachings, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, it slides dangerously into prosperity gospel, which, um, you know, that comes back to the money thing. It's an important thing for CEOs and executives. And like you said, the money is not a bad thing. Um, you know, that's not the problem. It's when it becomes an idol that it becomes a problem. And in fact, our pastor just this past weekend was, um, was in Hebrews and they, everybody, um, the members of this small new church had sold their possessions. Um, and he said, this does not mean we all sell our possessions. He said, because then it says they were meeting in their houses. So they still had their houses. They still had, they still had possessions in order to function in life. Um, they didn't give away their houses to become dependent on others. Um, so that's not the problem at all. But sound theology, um, I think, is really critical. Yeah, I, what I heard what you just say, basically, is a role modeling. We cannot just tell our team what to do. 
while mm-hmm. ourselves we are not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I love that how you invest in their education. No wonder people want to go work for you, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really a really real gem in uh in I don't think just in your industry, but I think in across the board. And nowadays it's not not easy to find. Um I'm so glad that we get to talk and really this episode, uh, I feel like it's uh, starting a new conversation. I feel it's it kind of starting a new, new, almost a new standard uh, of, you know, as a Christian CEO that, you know, I know uh, those of you are listening or watching, you know, maybe your team are still small, you know, you start from your, your what yourself and then, you know, gradually, and but I think this it's a it's an in time message for us to remember. Say as we grow, right? I mean, part of I think part of the main reason God calls the business mountain is so not just about uh, increase revenue and we can give away money, but also to be able to sow into more people, the team members, and then therefore the ripple effect to their families and to their sphere influence and all that. But that is a part, it's a tough part, right? It's a people, when it comes to the people. Mm-hmm. I often joking sometimes to my kids say, if I were God, I wouldn't create me. <laughs> I wouldn't create, <laughs> I wouldn't create so many humans. This is so, <laughs> so troublesome, you know? is you know, that's one of the key questions I got to ask God later on, right? When we got up there, he's like, why you know you knew we we're gonna create all these trouble kids and we're gonna create so much trouble for you right mm-hmm. yet yeah. you still gone all the way right all the way oh. until you 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 send your uh son to the cross so i mean that is, that that level of love is i cannot comprehend um so yeah Anyhow, I hope that this episode encourage you guys and then get your get your CEO. Uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say you know jeans, but because I was thinking about what all these <laughs> industries. Let's just call yeah, okay, CEO jeans. You know, let's yeah. get it get it start to develop. It's start your to, DNA. Yeah, your exactly. CNA, it's your, your DNA. DNA. Yeah, don't don't look at your business now. It's small. You know, this is uh, today. How you drop a seed uh, on your heart, and and that's what I feel. That's what it is. And who knows? You know, one day maybe you come back to tell me and Holly say because that episode and make that a change. So great. Yes. I think it's so important that Christian CEOs um, and executives pour into each other. Yeah. Because the enemy is not afraid to be loud. And it's I really, at such a time as this, we need to be unafraid to be unapologetic and loud in serving the Lord and walking in love. Um, it, and I would, I would also love to add this. Nehemiah is probably one of my absolute favorites. And I would highly recommend any executive look to some books. There's fantastic books. Um, written about Nehemiah and how that story um, is such a great learning um, opportunity for business people. I mean, he just, he listened to the word of God and what God told him to do. And he was committed to doing what God told him, but 
it wasn't about him. It was about unifying all of the people for a common purpose, for God's purpose. And he was just that point person and he was obedient all the way through. Yeah. And then and it wasn't easy for him, right? It was he, not easy. Well, not easy. He had to, you know, while he was building the wall, he still had to fight, a, fight against the enemy. Yeah. And so that is just like in our individual entrepreneurial journey, you know that God called you to this. That doesn't mean you're going to all the way ramble at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yes. Um, so that that is where uh, it's this journey is really good to train up your face muscles. Absolutely, you know? yeah. um, something need to be broken so something can grow stronger. Yeah. So Holly, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show today. Thanks and, for having uh, me, Kelly. I yeah, love talking to you. And then we surely put all the uh, your website everything uh, in the show note. But can you tell us if people want to connect with you, where mm-hmm. should they go? Um, they can go, um, to our website, um, which, you know, at Wyden and I, I'll give that to you so you can yeah. connect through. Mm-hmm. Um, but our website is genlabus.com. Yeah. Um, and I can be reached through that. Uh, are you linking by, by chance? I am in LinkedIn. Yes. Okay. Holly Maglio Chetty. Yeah. Okay. So we also will put that in the show note. So mm-hmm. you guys, if you want to wondering, what kind of amazing woman Holly is. Just go to LinkedIn profile to connect with her. Thank you so much, Holly, for today coming on the show. Thank you so much. How have you enjoyed the episode? I hope now you feel encouraged and inspired. And knowing that even such a big transition like Holly's journey, it still works because it's what God has asked her to do. When God asks us to do something, Right, she said one of the key lessons: obedience. God already prepared everything ready for us. It's just a matter of when we finally, you know, uh, take up the face muscle and then step out one step after the other, and that's where we can receive those resources and provision that God has provided for us. I hope this makes sense. If you are one of those Christian entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders that you know it's time to up your game in your positioning in the marketplace so you can attract the right type of clients, especially you are Christian coaches, consultants, service providers. Then I would like to invite you to attend the free masterclass. Just go to powerofoneframework.com forward slash masterclass. The link also in the show note. You will learn the four cornerstones to get you positioned properly in the marketplace. So become the market of one choice, then you can then attract the right type of business clients and not only making money, but make more impacts. Okay. Again, the link is powerofoneframework.com forward slash masterclass. I will see you in the next episode. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment? Just drop a review on Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellyballer.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash review. 
We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com. 